Hey everyone and welcome to Off the Top with Eric Paris and Red. I'm your host Eric and joining me today are... Your boy P. And it's your boy Red. What's up fellas? Episode 31. New year, new us. New 31? Pod. Yeah. Dang. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it, I love it. Yep. So, being that it's the new year, we're gonna... Everyone's talking about this. They've been talking it for the past couple of days now. But Cat Williams is blowing up the internet uh almost it seems like every once in a while like people aren't talking about him he does something that gets people talking again and but this is one that has caused responses from everybody from ice cube cedric the entertainer ricky smiley like and comedians that aren't even mentioned in the podcast um coming out and saying giving their two cents so for those that are unaware uh cat williams went on shannon sharp's podcast that he has uh club shay shay and gave a that's still a crazy name an explosive two hour and 46 minute interview where he pretty much unleashes multiple clips and everybody's catching strays have you guys guys seen this yeah i I watched the whole thing oh you watched the whole thing see i was clip watching i watched Mm -hmm. like 50 different clips of it and that shit was it's what i want to say when you see when you hear shit like that and then right after it Everybody start leaking little random information and mm. start showing the the original jokes and who did it right after. I'm like, damn, was every word true now? Because it's looking like it looked like a lot of it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's kind of the thing that I was kind of to me overall the the interview. I I I'm gonna say like from the beginning, I am a huge Cat Williams fan. Right? Like I yeah. Loved him since the early 2000s. His stand-ups have always been great to me. I love his appearances he's done in films, even TV shows when he was on Atlanta as Alligator Man. So yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Cat Williams fan. More so, like, you know, I think a lot of people that are around our age that kind of grew up with Cat Williams, the big transition was after Cat Williams, you were a Kevin Hart fan. I was not a big Kevin Hart fan. I was a yeah, big Cat Williams. I never really did that jump. Like, no, I still, I'll watch the old two-year-old, you know, stand-ups and I'll be fine, you know. Um, so with that being said, there is a bunch of stuff that Cat Williams kind of brought up that I was like, I believe him, you know, and some of the stuff he brought up, I definitely was on his side about, like, I can see this being something that's true, but once in a while he sprinkled in some stuff in there that I was like, all right, hold on. (laughs) Like, like being a child prodigy, reading 3000 books a a year when he was a kid, you know, hitchhiking to Florida when he was 13. Uh, there was some stuff that I was like, eh, I don't know about that, you know. All right, bro, you reaching right now? Yeah. So, so yeah, like there, there definitely was stuff that uh, he kind of sprinkled in there that made me a little skeptical. But I gotta say, overwhelmingly, uh, the little stuff, the stuff that he mentioned, particularly about other comics, I definitely kind of believe him about, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, let's kind of let's kind of break down this again. It, it's a very long two hours and 46 minutes and honestly like i i tried doing a uh like a reaction to it i got home late at work and i put it on and i was like shit like 10 minutes in he called out four comics already so like it's it's instant like he's already pissed when he walks in you know yeah, yeah i watch uh club shay shay faithful well i listen to it faithfully on spotify so i don't watch mm-hmm. it on youtube so i never got this uh the visuals until right. after it came out so when it comes to that type of show uh, it's an easy listen. He's a good interviewer, but he he's not even he's not a traditional interviewer. He basically give 
whoever's on this platform a safe space to talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's no judgment. He's neutral. Uh, how yeah. he say he's switch, Switzerland. So he don't have no type of bias whatsoever. So um, that's why Cat William chose his show in general, because he knew he could say what he had, you know, over the years, say, uh, say what he had off his chest and wouldn't be, I mean, the internet would judge him, not yeah. him right, right. personally. So yeah, yeah. Um, out of, I mean, before we continue, out of the three hours that we basically watched or listened to, there's a lot of truth, and you can tell there's a lot of lies in this yeah, yeah. So it's not, it's not like, you know, he's everything he said was Bible. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. when it comes to conspiracies, like how we had in our conspiracy episode, a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes is starting to come to the light. And you got uh, certain people, like how we was talking about Orlando Brown, Back when you know, yeah, yeah, when the people that's behind the scenes start telling the truth, they try to make you out to look, you know, crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So yep. that's what's coming back up now. Is it's like, oh, for the people that don't know Cat Williams, how how we are in our thirties and you know forties, ain't nobody forty here, but in general, when you grew up watching Cat Williams, before you know they ostracized him and shit like that, people th- you know listened to him, thought he was funny, but then. Hollywood, you know, with the little dress shit like that, they probably kicked him out and said, all right, well, now we about to make you, you know, be out here by yourself looking yep, crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, though, that that is something that, like, this isn't new for Cat. Cat Cat's kind of always kind of been like this. Like, he doesn't really do interviews. He even said that in the podcast. He's like, I don't, mm-hmm. like, unless it's someone big like Larry King, I'm not going to show up for anybody, you know, and that's not like he's, oh, he's different now. No, Cat Williams has always been like this. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's always kind of said, what, like, off-the-wall shit sometimes. And, you know, like you said, you know, when the powers that be or, like, you know, the big managers and whoever does, you know, the, the casting for things, oh, let's not put Cat Williams in thing. Oh, okay, Cat Williams is still going to do a multi-city tour. You know, it's not like he's going anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, I actually want to go back to – we can actually start with – uh Shannon Sharp's interviewing because that that actually is something that has gotten a lot of flack since this came out, and I'm actually going to defend Shannon Sharp a little bit here. Uh, There were a lot of people that were saying like, "Oh, half the questions and things that he brought up during the interview, Cat Williams immediately said that's not true." You know, so it's like half the questions you brought in aren't true, but at the same time, how is Shannon Sharp supposed to know some of these behind the scenes information that, you know, was brought up, you know, like he's, and the thing is his, his background is not in journalism. His background is in sports, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like maybe, I mean, I think people are kind of expecting too much of a, you know, hardcore journalism, but I think that is, uh, you brought it up again, P. I think that is one of the uh, things that he is great at as a, I don't want to say interviewer, but like, entertainer you know these guys feel comfortable enough to talk about this stuff you know and that is a skill in itself you know you can't just have people on there and expect people to spill their guts out you know but like you you present a space that allows people comfortable to do it to you that that's a skill you know that that's not something that you just have you know you have to learn yeah you gotta realize shannon sharp is 55 so he grew up with all of these people that he was talking to or Mm. grew up around them and he's basically Mm -hmm. been famous since he was in his 20s so he's bound to know some information that us growing up wouldn't know obviously so when he comes to asking questions he's asking the personal questions that he want to know as a person and his team behind him is asking questions that the populace will want to know yeah so it's not like he's getting hardcore you know oh what's your deepest darkest secret 
because he don't give a damn about that unless they want to bring it up themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like having a conversation with somebody. Just say you shooting the shit. That's you know, that's you, what I was about to say too. I was about to say that because you know how journalism is when they be like drill, 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 drill. Uh, this is just for views. I need to know the behind the scenes, everything, everything, everything. But he making he do make you feel like I'm just with the homeboys over here yeah. talking about yeah. shit. Yeah, that's why they call him Unk because they feel comfortable about uh, with him. Yeah. And on top of that, with hardcore journalism, they can steer it to a way where for their they can they can only publicize what they want to publicize. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas his is live, you know, live stream. I mean, you can still cut some shit out, but you ain't about to put nobody on blast like that because then trust is, will be broken right. amongst yeah, a lot yeah, of people. You'd have, you'd have people not wanting to come on, you know. Um, yeah, like, yeah, you, you mentioned it. Like, there was a point, uh, I think the producer in the background really, like, was just trying to clarify something that Cat Williams had said, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And, like, that's important, you know. that That's what the producer's there for, you know, to kind of, hey, I don't want people thinking that we're just letting this stuff slide. Like, we have to kind of Hold you accountable. Yeah, he had got the, the dates time. wrong. Yeah. He said 2018, 2019 was 1998. Yeah, and honestly, like I think there was only like two times where I was just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that kind of question lining. I, it was the moments where he brought up uh, um, Farrakhan and Prince. I, like he asked about them, and then Prince is like, yeah, like I, I know them. And then he kind of asked something else entirely different. I was like, oh no, I wanted to follow up. I wanted to know a little bit more yeah, about yeah. that relationship. You know. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. like I, I can't really fault him too much. That's not his background. Like he makes them comfortable enough to talk about what he did, and that's that's good, you know. So. And then what kind of fucked him up is that as soon as it started, he said behind the scenes, if you watch a nightcap with him and Ocho Cinco, he he had said that uh, as soon as Cat Williams walked in, he was on one. Mm-hmm. So he there's a lot of information that was already coming out prior to them, you know, hitting Before, go. Yeah, before rolling. So he was already on. So Cat Williams was already on one. And then when the camera started, um, he had said that Cat uh, had went on a 30 minute rant without him even asking one question yet. Mm-hmm. So Cat Williams had an agenda as soon as he walked in there. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I think, uh, yeah, that, that to me, that was, I felt like there was a little bit of animosity <clears throat> Cat Williams had with Shannon Sharp because he, he brings up the fact that, like, you let these people come on here on your platform. And just spew lies to your face. Yeah, you it's know? a uh, yeah, it's a meme you say you have you a have natural a, uh, allegiance. Yeah. <laughs> but no, 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 I mean, like I, I, I genuinely feel that Cat Williams is kind of pissed off that you know Shannon Sharp, you know, you know, maybe Shannon Sharp didn't think that it was a big deal, and he kind of went in there like, hey, we're gonna do this interview, and Cat Williams is like, yo, fuck you, dude, like you let these dudes lie on my name time and time again, you know. But I think, like again, I, I think it kind of you know lends itself to Shannon Sharp's charisma. That over time, Cat Williams is like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I shouldn't be mad at you because I think he kind of realized, like, you're not, you know, uh, you're not a well-versed interviewer. Like, you don't, you don't grill people, you know, especially guys like Cedric the Entertainer and Steve Harvey and that, you know. But not even that, how can you, like how Shannon Sharp said, how can you not take somebody at face value? Like, how yeah, do I know right. everything that went on, Right. you know, if I wasn't there for one? And he always give people the benefit of the doubt. If you're interviewing somebody, you obviously going to think that they're telling the truth until someone else, you know, challenges it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, he say, she say at this point, or he say, yeah. he say oh, at yeah, this yeah. point. Literally. Yeah, definitely. So you need a third person who's actually was in the room to actually be the judge on that. And mm-hmm. even they could be lying. So, you know, it is what it is at this point, but 
he, like he said, he feels that a lot of haters came out because Cat Williams came to his platform and spilled the beans and then go on their platform. So that's why it's a lot of drama amongst the background of all this stuff. Oh. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're going to do something like this, I can't imagine it. Like, many other, like, Cat Williams isn't going to go on Joe Rogan. You know, he's, he's been, like, Joe Rogan's been trying to get Cat Williams to go on there tons of times over the last 10 years. And Cat Williams is like, nah, I'm good. You know? So, like, what's the one place that you can go to as a black entertainer that you know most people that, you know, are in your demographic are going to be listening? Club Shay Shay is mm-hmm. a pretty good spot, you know? So, I mean, like, he, he picked a good a good place to do it, in my opinion. For sure. And for people that haven't listened to it, his podcast, he is a great, like, he's a great storyteller in himself because, obviously, he lived life. He's 55 mm-hmm. years old. So, it's not like one of us youngins just looking at research of a person's past and just asking questions on that. He actually been there, and he's been conversating with them in their 20s and 30s and 40s. So, it's personal information that shannon sharp knows and then with all the other people they respect him as a as a man you know not just you know i'm just coming on a random podcast he he got mm-hmm. respect of the people that's sitting in that chair yeah. for sure yeah. do yeah okay so we're gonna actually going to get into some of the um people that uh cat williams kind of called out in the initial let's say barrage um mm-hmm. the very first one that uh the big one that came to me was ricky smiley I did not know a lot of the background that kind of went into Friday after next, uh, but yeah. basic, but basically, um, cat Williams was upset that Ricky Smiley had gone on to club Shay Shay and had basically implied that the character money Mike and most of the lines and the, the dialogue that money Mike says was originally supposed to go to Ricky Smiley and that cat Williams was initially supposed to portray the, um, stealing Santa Claus. Right. Fuck out of here. Yeah, so Cat Williams came in and basically said that was bullshit. You know, like not not only was I uh, Money Mike, but I brought that character to life. You know, I I helped pick out the wardrobe. I helped pick out the way that he talked. I wrote his lines. The dialogue mm-hmm. was entirely written by me. Uh, mm-hmm. Even small stuff like the the kind of car he drives and the decision to you know paint it purple. That was all him. And to me, the, the probably the biggest part about that, that I was like, oh, shit. Like, the first oh, shit moment on this podcast, there's a bunch of them, was when he mentioned that in the original script for uh, Friday After Next, Money Mike is supposed to be raped by the character that is portrayed by Terry Crews. I can't remember what that character's name was. Um, but it was Cat Williams was kind of the one that kind of said, hey, can we maybe change this? Like, I, I'm yeah, not comfortable yeah, yeah. doing it this way. I'm not. But he pointed out the fact that Ricky Smiley had no problem playing it the way it was originally written. And so Cat Williams kind of took that as... A, yeah, he took it a little more offense to what Ricky Smiley was saying. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like if, if that's true... Um, and again, like there, uh, there's been a lot of people that have come out and said stuff since, and one of them has been Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. And Ice Cube kind of reinforced that, yeah, Cat Williams was always supposed to play Money Mike he did kind of flesh out that character, but he says that the rape scene um, was not, that wasn't something that was in the script. It was always supposed to be Terry Crews coming out with the, um, with the uh, tool around his dick, you know, and, and, and money yeah, might get, get yeah. yeah, getting the upper hand. Yeah. Right. Cause um, I ain't gonna lie. That, that would have made that, that movie hella dark. I know oh, yeah. it was, yeah. 
Yeah, like hell, you you can't make a, a man raping another man comical in my eyes. Mm. Like, nah, nah. And then but, that's another thing about Hollywood trying to demas de how I don't even know how to say it. Demasculate. Yeah, a man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the all time humiliation when it comes to anything. He, he took your manhood basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how they did it back in the day. I don't want to get too uh, you know, too Medieval. deep into it, but that's you know what they did. You know, if you stood up against them, they'd take your manhood in front of everybody who you were supposed to be leading. And now they see you as less of a man. They be looking like, I'm not about to follow behind him. He ain't strong. How he supposed to defend us? And he getting took over there in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. So, and then yeah. him being a little man anyway, it wasn't going to be like oh, it was. Yeah. Know. That's not a fight. Anymore. I forgot it was It was one movie. Um, it was three friends. And they both had got caught with a gun. So they both went in. It was a dude with the braids. Uh, he was in, um, he was in oh, Snowfall. Now they see us. When they see us. I can't remember no. the movie. It was a uh, it was a black movie, but you know the dude that played in Snowfall, the one with the braids who was crazy, when he uh, lost his daughter or something like that, and then he started to act good or some shit. Okay. He, he was the one that got raped. I like, remember that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they was in that lowrider. Yeah. Um. Ooh, I cannot remember the name, but anyway, we we clip it and after we talk about the pod. Um. But anyway. He ended up getting raped and ended up, you know, committing suicide after that. But they were supposed to get out at the same time. It was three, it was three friends. But anyway, long story short, dude got raped in, in the fucking scene. And it, it was fucking terrible. Like I seen, I think I was like, I was a preteen when that when that shit came out. And I wasn't supposed to see that scene, but it was like, goddamn, dad, what the fuck going on? Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, nah, I had to tell you when you're a couple, you know. A little bit older. Yeah. So. He did an interview after that, and he said, you know, psychologically, just being in that scene, just acting it, it fucked him up. He cried. Like, he said he went to his trailer and cried for, like, 30, 40 minutes. It was not... He, he did not like that. He yeah, because like yeah, Hollywood, like, made him, like, portray, you know, sucking his, you know, shit off and all that shit. Like, yeah. how, like why was that even a scene? You could have just had the, you know... Peeled it off to a wall and just heard the noise. I, you know, scream, screaming and shit. No, they yeah. had this motherfucker. They showed him getting his ass beat. The the friends over here just chilling. They showed multiple weeks of him getting raped. Multiple fucking weeks. Like it, this shit happened for months until he finally just said he didn't give a fuck. Then he shanked the dude, and then he com- uh, I think either the prison guard prison guards beat him up to death, or he committed suicide. One or the other. I'm gonna have to find. I'm gonna have to find the name of that movie when yeah. it's all over. But anyway, Hollywood like doing that shit, and it's all. I always hated it because it always happened to black folks, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen. Yeah. It always happened to black yeah. folks. It never. I mean, it's probably some movies. Uh, what was this? No, I don't think that happened in that movie. Never mind. Um, it, my rant over, but I hate that shit. I mean, I mean, like, I, I, will, I will say, like, if you mainly watch black movies, then yeah, it's only yeah, that's about to say movies. too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, like, uh, the, my only thing with uh, Friday After Next in particular is that is ice cubes baby like he is the executive producer on that he does a lot of the writing on it you know mm-hmm. like he is i think they were on cube vision which was his production yeah, it was cube vision yeah so i mean like it would you still say like oh that's hollywood doing that when it's really mostly ice cubes hands that are con- controlling that particular you know ip 
So he yeah. produced the whole thing, like that was all his money. Ice Cube, like he I ain't had so. no the outside original, production. The original Friday, yeah. and I think all the Friday movies he had. Yeah, all of them was all him. Yeah. The only yeah. thing I I do say is I know sometime when you throw it out there, they will tell you to tweak this and tweak that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot you of that's just to get by the ratings, you know. Like, yeah. oh, we, like if I mean, a big thing is, oh, we don't want to make this NC seventeen because no one goes to see NC seventeen movies. Get it to an R rating. You know, you can't show yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then the same thing for PG thirteen. Like, oh, if you just take take, I think PG thirteen, you're allowed to swear uh, one time. You know what? Yeah, like so. Any PG thirteen movie, you can say like "fuck" and "shit," and it, it's it's still PG thirteen. You know? Oh, okay. I thought you meant one curse word the whole movie. Yeah, the whole the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you can be, one time. Yeah, yeah. So like, if you pull up fucking Shrek, and then you know just one line, put a swear word in it, it's still technically PG thirteen. It's when it's oh. multiple times that it you got to give it the R rating. Hmm. You know. I'm learning. I'm learning. Um. So. So. Yeah. Like. Uh. The Ricky Smiley. Uh. Down. Oh. Yeah. That was another thing I wanted to mention about. Um. The character Money Mike. If you watch any of Cat Williams stand up. Yes. That is Money Mike. You know. Literally. Like. Like. Literally. I, like, like. For me, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know why Ricky Smiley maybe thought it was a good idea to be like, oh no, that was all me. Like. Really. Like. It's just Cat Williams doing stand-up, like, in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> literally, bro. Because yeah. I, I put this on everything. I saw uh, I saw the movie before I saw his stand-ups. And then I thought, he when he did his stand-ups, he just was acting like Money Mike on stage. And then I mm. realized the stand-ups came out, I think, but before the movie. It was just him with another costume on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think Wrigley Smiley could have did as a well as a... Uh, you know, as a portrayal as as Money Mike. Hell no. Nah. Yeah. He did and, good as a as a Santa Claus robber. And I'll just say a little short little snippet. Um that movie is called Lockdown. 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 Okay, you found it. It was uh, made in two thousand three. Sad movie. Shush. But yeah. So how do y'all feel about I know I know you on this. I you know what? I'm gonna let you narrate the show, bro, because you might bring up the same topic a little later. Okay, well, we're going to continue down the line of the uh, the people that were in the firing range. Cedric the Entertainer got called out. Um, the big thing that Cat Williams wanted to address here was Cedric uh, joke stealing. You know, there was a, a mm. joke that Cat Williams had done on a TV show. Um, I believe he said it was like in 1998 or mm-hmm. early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, uh, he, he had basically done a joke and it, the joke, the, the basic premise of the joke was gas is expensive. You know, you'd be riding around in your car and, you know, he basically um, mimes himself driving a car while the music is playing in the background uh, on the stage. Yeah. And then years later, Cedric the Entertainer had uh, taken that joke and he had used it almost verbatim, except he had changed yep. the car into a spaceship, you know, mm-hmm. and um uh Cedric the Entertainer did come out after the podcast release and said that he had you know never done any t- type of joke stealing but the proof of the clips that I think both of you guys have seen Cat Williams is telling the truth on that Cedric the, sure. the Entertainer definitely stole stole that, that bitch what they say word for word bar for bar <laughs> he took <laughs> that motherfucker yeah yeah and like honestly that... go ahead go ahead P. now I'm gonna say as being in the age of social media obviously people didn't more research and you know basically said mm-hmm. that Cedric stole more material 
mm. from other stuff. And Steve Harvey stole stuff. And they, I just seen a new clip of um, Bernie Mac has stole some material from somebody as well. Yeah. 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 It reminded me of, uh, there's, uh, I forget what stand up it is, but uh, Dave Chappelle um, in one of his specials was talking about how when he was starting out in Washington uh, or in DC, he was doing a stand up set. And maybe it was maybe like 15 minutes. You know, he was still young. He got in. He was doing stand up like when he was like 16. He was really young to be doing stand up. And apparently this guy, the older comic, asked if he could buy that joke from him, you know. And uh, Dave Chappelle was like, what do you mean? And then he was like, let me use it a couple times, you know. And and Dave Chappelle, not knowing the business, was like, "Uh, sure. And then the guy started using his joke. Or no, no, no. Actually, I think Dave Chappelle said no. Like, you, you can't use my joke. So anyways, the guy ended up using his joke anyway. And Dave Chappelle was like, hey, give me my joke back, you know. And the guy's like, what the fuck are you going to do? You know, basically intimidated him out of, you know, oh. you know, uh, taking his joke back. Which, again, how do you fucking take a joke back, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, in the comedy world, this stuff happens all the time. But, like yep. you said, P, with, with social media, uh, back then it was hard to tell where a joke started. Whereas now you kind of have a video, you know, paper trail where it goes. Yeah. 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 I think um, good. They was getting like, you know how Kevin Hart got a, a, a dog ass team of writers. It's not just him. You feel me? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Like I, I like, you know, him as a person, but how you have a team and y'all still trash. You know what I'm saying? I'm just <laughs> <laughs> be honest, bro. That 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 is my guy as a good person, but as a team, it How is do you not have it, a bro. Team and you're still trash for real. And back in the day, bro, they used to hit all them wine cellar, uh, basement, uh, what's that other show? Showtime at the Apollo. It was a lot of people that was dropping clips and was putting, you know. The Kings of Comedy motherfuckers right next to them. Hmm. And it was word for word. I'm like, damn. And if they did switch it, it was barely enough switch to say, you know, who did it first. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Type chick. It, it was fucked up, bro. It was fucked up. But I think at that time, they looked at it like the little guy's not going to last. They going to die out. I'm going to do this. And who going to believe them in the end of the day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I remember watching a clip from uh, Gil's Arena. Uh that he was saying that as far as Kevin Hart, it's kind of hard to put him next to other comedians because Kevin Hart's comedy is basically stuck at being PG-13. So he can keep his, you know, um, his, his sponsors and shit like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But okay. he said Kevin Hart, he said it's hard to compare Kevin Hart to the comedians of the past because comedians in the past can say what the fuck they wanted to. Bro, and they, and they can curse. Some- yeah, off the wall shit back then. Right now, you will get canceled for that. You will be, you will be a hater of every community in the goddamn world. Yeah, that's, we talked like, about this in our uh, other podcast. I was saying, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we were talking about Eddie Murphy, and I was like, Eddie Murphy, like you can have a great mind, and greatness is going to be great regardless of what era. But their peak will be very, very stunted if they was in today's world. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think it's different now because. Like, in, like if we take Kevin Hart, for instance, being a star stand-up, that would have been the peak for a lot of comics back in the day. Com- yeah. like stand-ups want to be stand-ups and that's it. You know, they, yep, they don't yep. want to, they don't want to write for a TV show. They don't want to be a movie star, you know, for most of these people. Yeah. Whereas Kevin Hart has kind of shown that, oh no, it's way more profitable. If you are yeah. kind of cleaner on your stand-up, 
and they'll put you in a couple Netflix movies. You know, they'll, mm-hmm. you know, they'll let you do more stuff. They'll pay you to do more if you're, if you cut it, dial it down a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, like, do you really think George Carlin or, um, you know, some of these older guys, like, do you really think they wanted to be movie stars? No. Like they just wanted to keep talking shit with a mic, you know? Mm-hmm. They got paid uh, a lot of money to say the whatever the kept... fuck they wanted to. Yeah, and I was saying the words Cat Williams, how he, how he was saying Steve Harvey, he was like, uh, are you sure about that? You know, you don't want to be a movie star? <laughs> like, they probably didn't want your ass anyway because how your ass looked and how you talk. So, yeah, he, that, was, he was flaming motherfuckers for real. That, that actually is uh, the next one we're going to get into is when he calls out Steve Harvey. Um, Steve Harvey for stealing, uh, was it Mark Curie's premise for his show, the Steve Harvey show? Um, I don't know if he went about stealing cat williams uh specific jokes but he did kind of allude that he stole other jokes as well it was mm-hmm. one joke that i just seen i just seen that shit today it was about it was uh the gas station joke where uh they was talking about how you can walk up like the gas was so expensive um you know you, you used to be able to come up to the gas uh gas pump you know put the nozzle in make love to your car clean it off and then it like it was another 15 second clip where uh, Steve Harvey did the exact same shit. He just said the gas was $600 mm. a gallon or something. But it was literally the same premise. Yeah, just different uh, amounts Numbers. of gas. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. damn. Damn, see, there was... yeah, damn. Uh, The one thing that, uh, again, this is another oh shit moment from the podcast when he was talking about Steve Harvey. And it was one thing that kind of like, to me... I can kind of see it being two ways. So like, I don't want to like say like, Ooh, he's a piece of shit for that. But he was talking about Steve Harvey talking about a uh, Bernie Mac, like how he kind of mm. gave Bernie Mac shit because Bernie had made this transition to having his own TV show to being in movies. And Steve Harvey was, uh, this is when they were doing the Kings of comedy was kind of, uh, I don't want to say maybe better that, you mm. know, Bernie Mac was kind of more mainstream than he was. Damn. And, um, he had said, uh, Cat Williams said that after Bernie Mac had died, that Steve Her- uh, Harvey had inquired about taking his role in the Ocean's 13 movie. Which mm. could, to me, like, again, this is the part where I don't want to be like, uh, you know, saying, oh, you piece of shit, is to me, it can either be like, hey, he probably called and was like, I would like to, you know, carry the torch for my friend who's no longer here, you know, kind of, you know, do it in yeah. his memory. I could see that. Or, mm. Hey, I see there's an opening. Uh, I'd very oh, much like to be black that. Comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the part Let where I'm like, that. ooh, yeah. That's the part where I was like, ooh, you could be a real piece of shit depending on how which one Damn. is true, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like to me that was kind of eye opening, and yeah, I I hope it's not true because like I, I I think a lot of guys that watched the old Kings of Comedy clips, you want to think that that was like a big family, you know. Yeah, and yeah, some literally. of the stuff that Cat Williams said makes it seem like no, nah, there's a lot of backstabbing going on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, Steve Harvey had brought that up on Club Shay Shay when they had their own interview where they was trying to say that uh, uh, they didn't want to follow up behind Bernie Mac, so they was mm-hmm. trying to have a different closer every time. But I think uh, Steve always ended up being the closer, which Cat Williams had referenced because it was Steve Harvey's tour. The autumn, autumn shit. It wasn't the Kings of Comedy tour based on Cat Williams. It was the Steve Harvey tour. So Steve Harvey was the one that had Bernie Mac go first, or Dio go second, or Cedric go third. 
and they kept rotating, but Steve Harvey always ended up being last. And um, I think Bernie Mac wanted to be last, you know, you know, because it was encore, but it was always Steve. And they both, so both of those stories ended up intertwining. It was just Cat Williams said it was the Steve Harvey tour instead of the Kings of Comedy, and they were scared of Bernie Mac because Bernie Mac was the funniest out of the group. Oh, and yeah. they were and they were jealous of Bernie Mac because sure. no matter where Bernie Mac went, it was hard to follow up behind that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was thinking like just strict comedy. Like I would not want to be someone that had to follow Bernie Mac for an no. entire tour. Like are no, you he kidding? was funny. absolutely not. He was it's to well, me, he was the funniest guy on that tour. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I watched it multiple yeah, times. Like, Bernie Mac Man. was, he was different. And yeah, and it's sad because he ain't here to you know put his little two cents in. Yeah, yeah, say anything about it. Man. But he kept yeah. it real too in some of his interviews about you know the the dress stuff and the comics stealing your shit. He was um, saying that if you have a good joke, you better keep that shit to the vest because it's doggy dog world out here. Yeah, yeah. you know it's vultures. They gonna steal your shit if they get if you practicing that shit in the fucking bathroom. You <laughs> that shit gone if they before you. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's yeah. Weird. Okay the uh, the next person he brought up was Kevin Hart. Come to the stage, basically called him out for being an industry plant. Which, again, this is probably me being biased because I am a Cat Williams guy. I'm not a big Kevin Hart fan, but the way that Cat Williams presented it to me, I could see it being valid. And basically, what he had said was that Kevin Hart claims that he started his comedy career doing stand up on the East Coast. But then he came over here to the West Coast and uh, started doing movies immediately. And then Kevin Hart also likes to claim that he was doing uh, basically uh, stand-up slots on the East uh, or the West Coast before he made the transition to films. And Cat Williams is like, "How the fuck is that possible? Like, if you were doing it in the East Coast, and by the time you came over here, movies are already coming off. There was no time for you to, you know, do these spots." at the comedy store laugh factory on the West coast. Cause there was no time, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, to me, I was like, that's valid. That's legit. You know? Um, but yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's true, but I could kind of see what cat Williams was alluding to him being a plant. Yeah. When he started talking about plants, it made me start thinking about the music industry as well. Like how these so-called artists is coming out of nowhere, like steamrolling, like, Obviously, I'm gonna be biased, so I'm gonna say "Sexy Red." This motherfucker cannot perform. She got she got charisma to whoever she got charisma for, but she can't rap. She don't even have to look for any type of entertainment purpose. Oh, she's an entertainer because of how she fucking look. You laugh at her because of how she fucking. Oh, it's just shit crazy. She came out of fucking nowhere. And then uh, who's that? Uh, the girl that interviewed. Um, the white girl that interviewed uh, Offset. I know what you're talking about. Uh, she came out of fucking nowhere. And like, how the fuck you come out of nowhere with lopsided fucking she... titties and you over here fucking, uh, Hold on. you over here Hold fucking, on. <laughs> you over that, fucking... that has nothing you're... to do with the... How did you get there? Over... Leave her you're... titties out of this. How did you get here, bro? No, you over... how the fuck you over here interviewing Drake? <laughs> Drake, after, like, two yeah. Fucking... Dog, yeah. like, what the fuck? You as a mother, and no, only reason why I said it is because she brought it up in her TikToks. Like, yeah, she started off talking about her lopsided titties. Okay, but then okay. you after that, you over here fucking interviewing Drake. Where the fuck are Drake at? Why LeBron ain't on our shit? 
Yeah. We've been doing this shit for six months. Well, no, uh, yeah. yeah, that one, I don't remember that girl's name because I'm not a big fan of her because there's another girl in the UK that does it. It's, I think it's called like a chicken shop date where she basically 20 minute interview and she's got like Adele and all these other people on there that have done it. And she was like in line to get Drake. Drake was talking to her about coming on her show. And then this, that one girl came out of nowhere and had a Drake interview. And this other girl that was busting her ass for months doing these interviews, she's like, oh, man, like, this girl comes out Fuck. of nowhere and she gets this Drake interview? Like, how the hell does yeah. that happen? You know? But I will say, and, P, oh. I do recall you bringing Ice Spice to my attention. And yeah, she, she a fucking plant, too. She should be sponsored by miracle Grow. <laughs> That's the biggest plant <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> man. Well, it's only because she light-skinned and got a fat butt. That's the only reason. Like yeah. people, like, she got her fame because uh, on TikTok it got famous because she was twerking in her video, and yeah. then motherfuckers started listening to what she was saying. I'm like, oh well, if you listen to a video multiple times, you start to like it. No, it's like if you, people. If you if you listen to the, if you see those videos on mute, they're better. <laughs> I mean, to us, yes, because we're we came from a lyrical you know genre, but for these people that's in their teens and twenties, early twenties. They looking at the ass, and then you heard the fucking background music so much, you started to bop your head to it. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I can speak to that is because my wife, she be like, we be on a road trip to Detroit, and she'd be coming out with these random ass fucking music songs, and I'd be like, what the fuck? And she just, <laughs> dog, she be coming out with some shit, and and she said, I hated this song. And then you turn around and she's like, yeah, I started to like it because I, I kept replaying it, keep replaying it, and I kept replaying it. So it's kind of one of those things. So yeah, yeah. Ice Spice. But that's New York rap, though. It's more, yeah, I, yeah. I heard I heard males who rap like how Ice Spice do. But she just happened to be pretty and, you know, that's got some got shape on. to her. Yeah. Yeah. But I fully believe in the plant shit because you got to think about it, bro. They regulate who really coming out, well, who they push behind more. You mm-hmm. got to think about it. All the the heavy lyrical, the positive message, none of that shit get pushed, like at all. Like them motherfuckers, what they call them, backpack rappers back in the day, they used to call them underground rappers and shit like yeah, that. But yeah. the motherfucker talking about murder, 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 twenty four seven, killing everybody, he get all the play. Oh, you yeah. know what shit. I'm saying? And then I, I I've heard rappers say the the songs that I didn't put out with all the murder rap type shit. It didn't make the album. It didn't make the cut. They that they, they cut it from the whole thing. So you know it's an agenda. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like if Shit, you watch, look how long it took J. Cole to get his flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean I like, like that. There there are some plants that have made it big that are good. Like they're objectively good. They do good numbers. Their their music is well liked. I think Billy uh, Billie Eilish is probably the biggest one that I can think of. She has ties, I think, to music executives, you know. And she's a plant, but do I fuck with some of her music? Yeah. But I mean, like, I think a lot of people are upset with the fact that there are a lot of the plants being bad because you get a a lot of people that are given opportunities and half of them don't do shit. They release maybe two. Yeah. Two. uh, I think the biggest one was the SoundCloud rapper era. There was a Mm -hmm. bunch of guys that look like, uh, they was um, getting album deals off of one song, bro. But because they look like smoke perp a little bit, you know, like, so smoke who? Lil pump. Yeah, that motherfucker, dog. Oh, my Lil Pump, God. Lil Peep. You know, all these fucking Lil guys. Terrible. Maybe 20% are still around. Wait, know? who was that white girl? Uh, With the nails. Oh, my God. Y'all know her. 
You gotta narrow it down. Oh my god! Right, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> she she looked a little off. She looked a little off, and her whole song was like one word. Again, you please tell me y'all remember that damn like, bro. No I damn. Let me look this up, man. Y'all keep talking, keep talking. All right, hold on. Well, let's let, let's get back to the to the interview. So, yeah. do you have any kind of? Or do you lean one way or another? Or are you still unsure? of the of possibility that Kevin Hart being a plant for me, he was never really truly funny. Um, for me, it always sounded like he, uh, in my personal opinion, I felt like he tried too hard to, for his punchlines, um, at least for the stand up portion in the movies. He was just a little man that yelled kind of mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. And I felt like, I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things where you force feed somebody so much like popularity, he's bound to, you know, be good in some aspect. Like he's not garbage when it comes to acting or stand up. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's personal taste at this point. But yeah. for him to be a PG thirteen while we came from rated R comics, it yeah. it never just hit my yeah, way. Yeah, you think it's just initially why you weren't feeling it. Okay. But what about you, Red? Do I feel like do you feel like Kevin Hart? Do you feel like maybe he is a plant or are you just like, eh, I just, uh, just not a fan. I feel like I can kind of say that. I kind of, I, I feel like I know the industry feels when they need certain people, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we need a black comedian mm. and we're going to push somebody forward. Somebody with a good image. Cause, cause bro, in the middle of cancel culture, they brought up the stuff he said on Twitter and it barely phased his career. You know what I'm yeah, saying? He got yeah, right yeah. back on top like it never happened. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, though. If you do look at a lot of... Okay, in black culture, bro, if a black person make it... It sounds like some health, some self-hate shit. If a black person make it in the industry, we automatically say Illuminati. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And that's just the thing we say. It was like, he got that big because he sacrificed his mama or his auntie or something like that. Or yeah, they get signed to Rock Nation because they feel Jay-Z is the head... Of, well, one of the heads of that. Did he? But, uh... Um, yeah, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So once he put that dress on, not gonna lie, I started seeing more films. Bro, it's a whole collage of people. I should have sent it to the group. They had Jamie Foxx, any major black, um, uh, comedian. That that dress go on and they get a show or they get their spinoff or something like that. And I'm biased because I'm in a black community. But once I see something like that, I said, I know know they about to blow up. I know something... Great about to happen. They finna be in a a list movies and about to be hosting every show in the goddamn world. And literally, when his dress came on, he ran. He started putting him in action movies, comedy movies. He got his own show. He got his own sitcom, like online thing. What's it called? Just Laugh or something like that. Uh, or LOL. Coldest balls. No, no, no. He, he got like a uh, a studio now, and he mm-hmm. like put money towards other little online skits and shit like that and it blew up heavily right after that dress and i'm like hey i don't want to say it but it looked like it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and it just goes to you know what's that the humi- the humiliation ritual or something like that they be saying and hey i, we can I talk- remember yeah i was gonna say i remember hearing the interview i can't remember where i heard it from they was like you either wear dressed or you get fucked yeah and that and it was one of those two. Like you chose which one. You either get public publicly, hum, hum, uh, you know, what humiliated. Fuck I'm to say. Yeah, humiliated, 
and you know you in the dress or you behind the scenes get fucked by multiple uh white men and that's when they say they have to panda eyes because it's a nerve back there that do this it's, it's a lot of stuff going on but i ain't gonna dig into that we talking about the Kevin, the uh the interview yes how badly do you guys want this podcast to blow up? Because I have some new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> some some new information has just made its way to my desk. <laughs> no, like uh, I, like for me, like uh, like the the comedy nerd, like I fucking love like stand up. I, I do it. Like I yeah. I study that. I love it. Um. um but like to me, the only way that the timeline makes sense is if he started his stand-up career in the West Coast, because everyone will tell you that you are a stand-up in the New York uh, DMV area if you just want to do stand-up. You might you may write for a show, but stand-up comics in New York generally just want to be stand-ups. That's where you have your okay. David Hells. You know, that's where you have like those guys, uh-huh. and the the West Coast stand-up is more performative. Those are for guys that have a future or want a future in TV or uh, film. So it would make more sense if Kevin Hart kind of started doing stand-up in the West coast and then boom, that's why he's got all these movies, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of weird to be a, in a stand-up town and then make the transition to movies when you come to the West coast immediately. Like to me, that to me, the timing is a little fishy, but uh, again, like I, I can't say for sure, you know, like maybe he, Maybe he got lucky. Maybe it was the Illuminati. I, I can't be the one to say And that. he's good at deflecting. Have you ever noticed whenever he have interviews like that, he always turned that shit back on the interviewer? Yeah. Like, mm. uh, like the big ones that come to mind are like the Breakfast Club interviews. Where like he, he, he can, you know, he can work his way around some shit very yeah. slick. And it's it makes it to where if the interviewer keep pressing, it kind of, you know, make it to where like, all right, now you just be an asshole. Just leave the shit alone. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, like, Wait, do y'all remember that interview he did with Jay Z? Where he was like, "You ever been to the room and you saw that door and you get through the door and you know you made it, but it's actually another door behind that door and you'd be looking like what's behind?" And then Jay Z was on some. Yeah, now that's making me think. Now that's a he a plant. He a plant. See the reason why? Cause I think we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. Like it's starting to all come full circle. Like, it's one of those things where they, uh, like, when we were talking about Eminem, like, how he was talking about how Diddy killed uh, Tupac, and he said it, and he was like, oh, I'm just kidding, but it was a little truth to a little, it's always truth to I'm just playing, is what I'm yeah. basically trying to say. And always he, the truth and a, and a joke type yeah, shit. Yeah, so he's constantly saying it, just so it's out there, like how, you know, the alien shit was in 2023. Everybody keeps saying alien, alien, aliens, and it's in your fucking face, but nobody give a fuck because motherfuckers can barely afford oh, their fucking bill. This right. about to turn to a conspiracy one, because I get what you're talking about. It's this conspiracy. They say it's a universal law. You have to announce what you got to do. Yeah, you got to tell you... the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I've seen that shit too many times. Like they, <laughs> it's, they tell you the fucking truth. And if you believe it, then you can become a conspiracy theorist. But then you got the motherfuckers who's like, oh, you flying too close to the fucking sun. We about to fucking either assassinate your ass or we about to make you look like you own some fucking crack. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown. This motherfucker Dave was the Chappelle. first one. Dave Chappelle. But they did say Dave Chappelle was in the fucking dress, even though he said he wasn't. 
I, I seen a clip of him being like on some earrings and uh black dress. It was oh. an old it was old digitized motherfucking that shit it was like not even, it was a uh, two hundred and forty pixels. That's how old that shit was. <laughs> but long story short, is either they really telling us the fucking truth. Us being obviously we ain't in that, you know, scene, so the only thing we can do is leave it up to speculation. Okay. But remember how y'all was talking about that one forest or that one party that I didn't know about? And you said they the go, go to these... Grove. Yeah. It's kind of one of those motherfucking things. Hey, y'all go back to our uh, conspiracy po- uh, episode. It was the first, <laughs> the first five five episodes. We we already hit that shit. But far. It's rough. There's no video. But yeah, check it out. Oh, <laughs> my God. It's coming full circle, guys. Like, we... Like... <laughs> I, I ain't going to say that we... Are starting to fly close to the sun because our our views on our shorts is like 60, 100, 130. And then we start talking about. Oh, thanks to Edo! Get that work in! And started talking about some drama shit and then it went into the two. Okay. Uh, All right. So here's here's the. uh, I don't believe in the conspiracy theory theory part of it. Okay. I believe, and Cat Williams did mention this in the podcast, gatekeeping. That is the big part of it. I think that's probably a little bit what you guys are kind of, you know, a little bit of the scratching the surface of what you guys are talking about. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's this big, oh, conglomeration of, you know, 12 of the most influential people in Hollywood. I don't believe that. Okay. I do believe that Steve Harvey, the Kings of Comedy guys, Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, um, and Kevin Hart, these guys do have a lot of influence. And Mm -hmm. Uh, the reason that I can say this is because uh, going back to the whole comedy thing, there is a pro like, again, people do believe that stand up comedy is a big happy family. You know, it is not, it is extremely cutthroat no matter mm-hmm. what people will tell you. If you see all these comics going on to other their you know, these other comics podcasts and they're having a good time nine times out of 10, they don't really fuck with them like that. They're just trying Mm. to get exposure. They're just trying to get more viewers on their podcast, you know? Mm. Um, And I mean, it's a business, you know, like every, if you think about it, like say just one, one comedy club, like the laugh factory, right? You have enough slots for maybe six guys can do a set before we got to shut down. If a big name like Kevin Hart comes in, Hey, sorry guys. However, however long Kevin Hart wants to do stand up, you guys might not get to eat tonight. You know, because yeah. this is the guy that has millions on his mind and this is the guy that has all the attention right now, you know. Yeah. So you gotta think about it. Like, oh shit, if I can't do my fifteen minutes, fuck all these other people. I'm getting my fifteen minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's what Cat Williams is alluding to. These gatekeepers. There's definitely a lot of like I can actually say Joe Rogan is one that you hear about time and time again, that he looks out for the little guys. You know, mm-hmm. like he, he is, he kind of has instilled this kind of mentality with other bigger comics that are blowing up at the moment where, Hey, you got paid $20,000 to do maybe an hour at this comedy club. You don't need that fucking money. You make more mm-hmm. money than that going on tour. Put mm-hmm. that $20,000 tip everybody, you know, yeah. give the money to the bar staff, give the money to the, the cooks in the back. You don't need that money, you know? And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I really loved about this interview hearing about Cat Williams is you've seen a lot of comics coming out with receipts saying, yo, I wasn't even supposed to get paid that night. Cat Williams gave me an envelope with $750. You Mm -hmm. know, I ate, you know, there's a Mm -hmm. bunch of like, just look it up. Like uh, go on, go on TikTok or YouTube. Comics are coming out in droves saying, yo, cats like that. Cat will 
will treat you well. You know, there was yeah, one guy clothes off his back. Basically. Yeah, I, I think his name was a. I could be wrong. His name was like Rich Redding or something like that. This white comic. He was like, yeah, I, I got called like five minutes uh, before. Like, hey, can you open for Cat? I did one of the best sets that I had ever done at that point, and Cat Williams wasn't there yet. So I was bummed because I was like, oh man, I want Cat Williams to see that. This guy comes out of the shadows and says, hey man, like that was phenomenal. Good job. And the, he paid him like, I think it was like five times more than he was supposed to get paid. And then mm-hmm. the next three years, he did stand up on the road with Cat Williams. He took him with him, you know, mm. but that speaks volumes more yeah. than just mm-hmm. saying like, hey, you may be able to try out for this part, but more than likely it's going to go to one of my personal friends, you know? So gatekeeping, yeah. I think, is a bigger part of this than, you know, the the big you know, Illuminati conspiracy, you know, but to, to me, like, because the one that uh, I think about a lot is the Latin comics, the Latin kings of comedy did it, too. They had like okay. uh, uh, Paul Rodriguez and George Lopez. There's a comic now. His name is Ralph Barbosa. He fucking shits on George Lopez anytime he can. Because mm-hmm. anytime Ralph Barbosa wants to do something, if George Lopez is in town, Ralph Barbosa is not going to get the chance to do it. Because George mm-hmm. Lopez is telling all of his contacts, don't put this guy on. You know, these guys that should be, you know, cultivating this new talent, teaching them the ropes, they don't do it. You know, they kind of take yeah. everything for themselves. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of one of those crabs in a barrel mentality. Mm. And um, I was about to say, you know how crazy it is, though, because the new generation not fucking with them old ass people. I'm just be honest. Yeah. They, they jokes don't hit the same the shit that we want to hear. So what's the fucking point? Yeah. Bro, you lived a good life. Put me on. Yeah, and then that's one another thing that I like about Shannon Sharp. He came from nothing. So for, for me and James, we are givers. Like, we ain't, say, we, ain't sure. saying we came from nothing, but we can't. It was hard. Like, yeah. so when you grow up and you see someone less fortunate, you know what it feels like to be there. Mm-hmm. So you always like, oh well, I might not have a lot, but I can give you something. Right. Do do what you will with it. And with yep. Shannon Sharp, uh, you know him and telling stories about him and his grandma and all that stuff, and you know all that stuff. Y'all can look it up. He always say he found it interesting that <clears throat> people that's millionaires are always trying, like you say, gatekeep. And it's like, well, I got food on my plate. But that don't mean I got to take something from yours. There's enough money out here. Yeah, they're yeah. printing. Mm-hmm. They're in, endlessly printing it. So I can get you up here, but you know you got to do what you're gonna do with it. Like, uh, yeah. you know, teach a man to fish type of you know right, type right. of shit like that. But it's not like oh, I'm teaching man to fish, but now the whole lake is his. You know, it's enough. You know, fishing this goddamn pond to go around. And just there's enough give, ponds everywhere. Yeah, just give him a little jewel to get him to, you know, get him going, get the snowball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, like no one's saying you have to uh, support this dude for the rest of his career. Exactly. You know, I think you got to think about this too. My bad. No, go ahead. But uh, yeah. everybody is not a hustler anyway. I could teach you how to fish. That don't mean you about to fish every day like me. Mm-hmm. You may not be here at 5 a.m. Like I, like, like I am. You may come at 2. You might get a little fish or you might just say, fuck it. I am a buyer. I'm a consumer. Right. Let me buy it off somebody. Yeah, you yeah. I seen, I seen. Uh, uh, it was like a little uh, animation where they said you can take a person who, like a manager, for example, you can take everything from him, and y'all can start at the same level. But him having that mindset to, uh, or uh, entrepreneur that, uh, mindset, that's what I meant to say. 
Mm-hmm. Like you can take him, get like he can be a millionaire. You can take all that shit away from him. He started at ground zero, but he gonna eventually get himself back to that point because he know what it took to get there. Mm-hmm. Versus you just looking at him like, oh, uh, he made he made a hundred dollars an hour. Now he making ten dollars, you know, an hour with me. How the hell he back, you know, eating a millionaire, yeah. you know, y'all because it's different mindsets. It's that yep, grind yep. that people don't want to go through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's dog the in them. That's the thing. Like, we, like I can, I'll say it right now. Like, oh, I could say Kevin Hart is an industry plant. I know Kevin Hart works his ass off. Man, you know? he do. I, so I, I, I can't say Kevin Hart was given yeah. everything. Like he, he not he lazy. Got, he he shit. got an opportunity and he ran with it. You know? Yeah, yeah. You could, yeah, like you say, be a plant and just say for me, if someone gave me an opportunity, but shit, I just want that quick meal. That's where my fucking time stopped. Right. Mm-hmm. I just I just need I just wanted somebody to give me a million dollars. That's just you what know? I wanted. You know. Yeah. What you gonna do with that million dollars is how you gonna stay a millionaire? Yeah, he he do got a lot of businesses and endeavors across all fields. I will give him that. But it all takes a team too. Like you can have yeah. a lot of motherfuckers who just take and take and take and take and now you just left like uh sports athletes, like motherfuckers like it was just a clip not too long ago. Of uh, uh, Detroit uh, rookie spent all his fucking money, his uh, rookie contract, in within a year. Right. It could have been an old you know, thing, but it was on a show where he spent his whole like I think seven hundred seven hundred thousand out of his one point four mm. that he got. Yeah, tweaking. So that's why financial education is a must, man. Shit, they man. they need to reform these goddamn schools. It, it's sad out here when it comes yeah. to education that it's more important. Line. Like why the fuck we we still learning about people in the 1600s? Okay, we understand that you don't want you want to learn the history so you don't repeat it, but it ain't got to be stressed over goddamn ten years. Just all right, this is what it was. You learn all this shit in two years, call it a day. Now we got to learn how to fucking make these children productive motherfucking members of society. Because as soon as your ass hit, motherfuckers think as soon as you get eighteen years old, it's that's that's what it is. Oh, I made it. I graduated. Got my diploma. Now fucking what? Right. That you literally sitting out there looking like this, like that. Uh, what the uh, Steven Seagal ain't that? Ain't that his fucking meme? You over? Uh, <laughs> oh no, no, no! You're thinking of John Travolta and Paul. Yeah, Pitt. yeah, yeah, yeah. John Travolta, <laughs> like he had oh. the ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> like you got this fucking you got this fucking no, diploma. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Not McDonald's is in your fucking future. Not saying McDonald's. I mean, whatever your fucking profession is. You're a professional in your craft because you got hired there. Mm-hmm. But you you leaving these kids is fucking straight. They don't know how to do fucking taxes. Mm. I mean, but shit, ran over. Well, I think we are, I think we've kind of hashed out the entire Club Shay Shay with Cat Williams. So it is our first episode of 2024. Guys, what are your New Year's resolutions? For me, I want to... I want to be able to control my emotions and thoughtfully think out before I lash out because that's been these past couple of years been something else. And Sorry, you be beating on your wife, man. You no, nah, ain't nothing like that. But I be snapping. <laughs> like, there's, like a, there's like a chair sticking out of the wall behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had told uh, James something that's personal. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago about my upbringing and the yeah. way I process my emotions as an adult is because of what I went through as a child. And it's kind of one of those 
being an only child, but having that type of upbringing, it's kind of hard to, you know, understand your emotions and how to process them quickly enough. And being, I'm about to be 31 this year. I want to be able to process that more in a way. So that's a good, healthy resolution, especially as a new father, because I'm going to have to have a lot of patience. Yeah. I feel feel like, I feel like men in general, like that's a good thing for sure. Strive towards, you know, don't don't Go. bring them generational curses. Break them. Break them. Man, that. Mm. Go ahead, Red. He said, "Fuck that." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got you got to keep said, that. Done. He said, "Fuck that." I ain't telling you shit. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm a, he's like, "I'ma be the same, baby." <laughs> like, I ain't changing shit. <laughs> He said, he said, the only thing I'm going to change is this view. <laughs> that's the only thing. <laughs> he said, that's the only thing I'm changing. <laughs> he did this all in his fucking face, too. Well, I don't know what happened. He's like, oh, shit, they can still see me. <laughs> he said, that's the only thing I'm changing in this fucking view. That's what the fuck going on. What? Hey, no, that got to be the clip, bro. For real, did, that's funny on. as hell. Did your Did your battery die, I, bro? I got the wall plug battery, and it still did that. Oh my god, that's it fucking probably hilarious! Overheated. Where's my other Damn. battery? Oh, it's real fucking tears, though. That shit was fucking funny. I got a spare battery back here. Oh my but god! Remember last time this happened? It didn't record the rest of the video. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna. No, you you still in the party though? Hold on. I'll, you never I'll, left. I'll stop. Everyone get out and we'll come back in and we'll record James and mine real quick. Okay. And the, the ending. Uh, on three, clap. One, two, three. <laughs> uh, what about what about you, James? <laughs> What's your uh, New Year's resolution? <laughs> mine was to eat better, to be honest. I'm, I'm going to okay. be on it, though. I cut out pop. Sweets, sugar, snacks, all that type of stuff. Uh, I only, I only been drinking. I only been drinking water since December, so I got a month yeah. already ahead of me. You know what I'm saying? And I already been in the gym since November, so I'm trying to up it to like at least two, three times a week. Read one book a month, and then I just got. I got a lot of uh, stuff I got with my photography, like one picture a day. Try to edit two pictures a week and try to make like a small little video so I can learn how to do my editing. You know how, remember how you was t- telling me last time mm-hmm. it was like, just record stuff and just learn how to cut here and angle here and do that type of stuff. I'm literally finally doing everything like that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only, yeah. Wait, before you go, only thing mm-hmm. I'm going to say about that water thing, watch out for that because uh, what I've been seeing with my patients is that they say they drink nothing but water mm-hmm. and they become more dehydrated. Make sure you drink electrolytes with it. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, a couple saltine crackers or electrolyte packets. Drink that with your water, or you will just piss it out and you will not rehydrate. Okay, now I'm about to say I am eating like you know fruit smoothies, vegetable smoothies, stuff like that. But Hmm. like anything that's on the far on the grounds of like pop and like juices and all that bullshit, nah. Now it's mainly just keep your sodium intake up, especially if you're still physically active. That's the main thing. My salt? Um, yeah. And they say salt is bad. No, it's, uh, salt is detrimental if you're not doing anything. But mm-hmm. if you work eight hours a day, 
You might not think you're pouring down sweating, but you're still sweating. You're still perspiring. Your muscles are still moving and activating. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers that get cramps and get palpitations. That's basically heart fluttering when you feel a little stop and then you, you feel your heart go back quick. Is because people are told by physicians, cut out sodium or low sodium. Okay. Look, they're doing that recommendation because America is lazy and not physically moving. If you're physically active, keep salt in your diet. If you're physically active, keep cholesterol in your diet, which means meat products. You could be a vegetarian. You got to supplement, supplement your cholesterol somehow. Mm. But, yeah, that's a little short, little his, uh, health stint. Health I is appreciate you, doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what about you, uh, E? Uh, my resolution is basically work on my time management. Uh, oh, yes. I am, I am someone that has gone 30 years now. Uh, just feasting on procrastination. I w- I've been so good at it. Like to me, I work best when I have that deadline, that that mm-hmm. pressure, that crunch. Uh, but I know it's not healthy, you know, and uh, I know that it's not feasible with what I want to do. I'm starting a, a solo YouTube channel where I've got you know reactions and stuff. Uh, I legit tried doing a the the club Shay Shay two hour forty six minute fucking reaction. Almost fell asleep halfway through. That shit <laughs> probably won't start there. Probably start with some maybe fifteen minute videos or something. But yeah. I, if I want to do both this and that, I have to you know manage my time better. And I, sure. I think I I'm confident in it because like I've the past couple weeks I've still been doing the the extras for New Year's and Christmas, and I was able to do that with time to spare. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, I think I got a handle on it. Probably. And then and then you talking about doing the streaming stuff uh, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of shit oh, coming yeah. in twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we got we got we got some new, hopefully some new stuff that we are gonna be working on in twenty twenty four that you know we'll announce at a later date when it's more polished and fine tuned. But we got good ideas coming, you know. Okay. Uh, Episode fifty. Watch out. That's when it's happening. See. Got me back in my got me back in my procrastinator bag. I'm not doing shit. <laughs> episode forty nine. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think we're good on time, guys. Uh, this has been off the top of the Eric Harrison Red. I'm your host, Eric, and joining me tonight were your boy P and your boy Red. We will talk to you guys next week. Happy 2024. Health as well. Always. Gang, gang. Happy New Year's, gang gang. Yeah.